The Midnight Podcast is proudly sponsored by Clayboy Shave Ice. Looking for a refreshing Hawaiian-style treat that will also satisfy your sweet tooth? Clayboy's offers catering for birthday parties, farmer's markets, living facilities, and school-sponsored events. Be sure to check out Clayboy Shave Ice on Instagram or Clayboy's Prints on Instagram for custom merchandise. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode 7 of the Midnight Podcast. Today is January 23rd, 2022. It is a Sunday today. I'm your host, Luke McClister, and as always, I'm here with my good pal, Ben Spector. How's it going, Ben? Really good, Luke. I'm excited to get into this. Excited to have another episode of a podcast. Excited to get another interview in the books. Yep, we got very special episode coming today. We, you know, we got our good old recap stuff as usual, of, you know, games and stuff that happened during the week. And we got a special interview today. I'm not going to say who it is just yet. I'm going to make you guys wait. But, yeah. So getting into this week's results recap. So on Thursday, January 20th, FCPS canceled school due to weather. Nothing really happened. But it's it, it's we got a school cancellation. It snowed like a little bit. Like it, I, I, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll still there was a nice fresh coat of snow. Oh, okay. I wouldn't know. I live in Middletown. No, I, that's okay. I'm, I I I do as well. But I mm-hmm. you know ventured out. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Okay, so postponement on Thursday. Wrestling was supposed to have a match versus Catoctin and Frederick at Catoctin High School. That has now been postponed to February tenth. 2022, at 5 p.m., boys and girls swimming diving was supposed to have a home meet versus Governor Thomas Johnson, and that has now been postponed to January 31st, 2022, at 6 p.m. And then, Friday, January 21st, 2022, Ben, you and him with wrestling? Yeah, so wrestling had day number one of the 2021 duels at Westminster. I guess it's the 2021 duels at Westminster since it was originally scheduled yeah. in 2021. Um, Middletown had four matches that day, four dual matches. They wrestled against Mountain Ridge, Great Mills, Manchester Valley, and Clarksburg. And the Knights went 4-0. and um, They beat Mountain Ridge 59-18. They beat Great Mills 78-6. to they, they beat Manchester Valley a closer match 48-21. to And then they beat Clarksburg 63-8 and to start off a 2021 duels at Westminster 4-0. Um, that day, Aiden Waters, Kieran Hofkesang, Chad Hoy, and Russell Endicott, the big heavyweights we had talked about in the past, all went 4-0 to start off the duels at Westminster from Middletown. Nice. So getting into basketball on the same day, that Friday, January 21st. So both boys and girls played Catoctin. Girls were at home. Boys were away. JV boys fell to Catoctin 43-38. JV girls also fell to Catoctin in a close, hard-fought game that came down to the wire, 36-35. Varsity boys basketball, they got the win over Catoctin, 66-49. to 
and varsity girls basketball got the win over Stockton 46 to 43 revenge game yes very much a revenge game and we'll talk about it a little bit more later but a good good win for Middletown yes now moving on to yesterday January 22nd 2022 wrestling had their second day at the Westminster duels you got results for that ben? yes I, I do have results for that um, Middletown Wrestling had five matches yesterday at the 2021 Duels at Westminster to finish up the tournament there. They wrestled against Crofton, Frankton, Franklin, not Frankton. Crofton, Franklin, Quince Orchard, North Point, and Liberty. Uh, they won all five of those matches as well. Um, they beat Crofton 68-12, to beat Franklin 60-14, to beat Quince Orchard 70-6, to beat North, beat North Point 48-27, to and beat Liberty 58 to 12 that put them at 5 and 0 and put them at 9 and 0 for the tournament and gave them the championship the team championship of the 2021 duels at Westminster so congrats to them and we'll talk about that a little bit more here in a second but uh tournament win for Middletown wrestling so yeah that's uh, always great to have yes absolutely and then yesterday um boys and girls indoor track they had their 2021 to 2022 Frederick County Public Schools Indoor Track Championship meet, so better known as, you know, counties or the county championship. They had that meet yesterday. Um, boys finished in eighth out of ten teams, and the girls finished in third out of ten teams. You want to dive right into analysis? Yep. Let's get right into it. So, wrestling on the 21st. Day, yep. Friday. Day number one of the duels at Westminster. Um... Just Middletown did what they needed to do, you know. Four pretty decisive wins. None of them were really close. Obviously, in tournaments like this, where you're playing against a, a bunch of different teams, it's nice to see some different teams, some teams you're not used to. I mean, in day one, they played Mountain Ridge from Allegheny County, Great Mills from down in Anne Arundel County, um, Clarksburg from, I can't speak, Clarksburg from Montgomery County, and Manchester Valley from Carroll County. Had good wins against all of them. The other thing is those aren't, none of those schools are 2A schools. Manval's a 3A. Clarksburg's a 4A. So being able to see schools that are not only not in your county or your conference or what have you, but also not in your classification is a huge deal. And again, as we said earlier, your heavyweights, the main kind of bread and butter of what Middletown's doing, did what they needed to do. Uh, Waters, Hofkesang, Hoy, and Endicott all went 4-0 that day. So put them in a really good position moving into... Day two. Day two, yes. Uh, moving on to basketball. So, you know, boys basketball on the 21st that Friday um, picked up the win. It was a solid win for them because um, Catoxin beat, actually beat Boonesboro, which is kind of surprising yeah, to me. Yeah, a, a little bit surprising because that Boonesboro team, I mean, they came in here, played us at home, and just beat us. Like, just yeah. shot the lights out of the ball, um, just really beat us in every facet. Um, and then we opened up, this is our second time playing Catoctin, we opened up the season to Catoctin at home, right? Yes, correct. It, n not the first game for Middletown Boys, but the home opener yeah, for Middletown Boys. Yeah, the home opener. Boys, yes. Um, and we played a good game against Catoctin, and I don't know, just playing against Catoctin and then playing against Boonesboro like a week or two later, and then hearing that Catoctin team yeah. beat that Boonesboro team is a little surprising it, to me. It is a little surprising. But, um... I'm just I'm just glad they picked up a win. Yeah. It's always good for them to have a win because um, you know, they've kind of been 
struggling a little bit this mm-hmm. year, so it's always nice for them to add a win to their schedule. Yeah, of um, Jonathan Richards scored 19, which is, um, I think, his season high. It is, yes. And uh, Jake Brandenburg scored 15, so he is back from injury. Yep, he's he back was, from injury. Um, he got injured in the Williamsport game, was out for the Oakdale game, and now is back. Mm-hmm. So that's good to have him back. Um, he plays a huge role on that boys' team. And um, the game was tied at 34 during the third quarter, and the Middletown went on a 15-2 and run, including um, three-point plays from Jonathan Richards and Brett Lucas. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point for Middletown, you'll take any wins you can get. For some reason, it's always difficult to go up to Catoctin and play. I don't know. It's not necessarily a long trip from Middletown to Catoctin. It's, you know, maybe 20 minutes. Yeah, 20, 30 minutes. It, 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 but... I, there's always been something difficult, and I can remember going back to like four or five years ago, teams who were good Middletown teams going up there and having to scrap for wins. So I think anytime you get a win up there to begin with, it's a good start. Definitely the fact that I want to say Middletown came from behind, but Catoctin comes back, ties it up at 34 midway through the third quarter, and it kind of becomes gut check time a little bit for Middletown. And they stepped up, stepped up in a huge way. I mean, taking the third quarter, half of the, the final half of the third quarter, and flipping it into a fifteen to two run, and pretty much putting Catoctin out of the game. I mean, that's obviously why they won. That's the biggest impact there. But again, that's gritty from them because they haven't, at times, they've struggled with putting teams away. And that was one of the nice things about the Williamsport win is they came from behind finished that one off, and then against this one, you know, they kind of had a gut check where Catoctin came back, shot the ball a little bit well from the outside, tied it up, and then Middletown kind of flipped the switch and took over control of the game. So that's a big win for them. Yeah, always, like I said earlier, always great to, you know, have a win. Good job to them for, you know, beating Catoctin at home and away this year. Uh, Getting into the girls game, um, just like we said earlier, great game for them. It was you know a must win, like we said on last episode, and they they got it done. Um, Bree Horman was ch- shot well that night. Um, she shot really well in the third quarter and uh, gave the Knights a nineteen to ten advantage in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, the Knights did a really good job of closing out the game and not letting the fourth quarter get away from them. It was kind of a rough start. Yeah, if it, I'm correct. Yeah, we we saw it a little bit during the Williamsport game where heading into the fourth quarter against Williamsport, the Knights were up one. And then they just had trouble closing it out, had trouble offensively kind of finding their rhythm in the fourth quarter. And it ended up costing them a little bit. They ended up losing that Williamsport game. And it was just nice to see the Knights kind of put their and put their foot down in the fourth quarter. And everyone played a part in it too. Like, it wasn't like it was just one person went nuts over the fourth quarter, and that was that. You know, Middletown was scoreless for a period in the fourth quarter, and Kaylee Franklin hit a couple of big free throws, which was huge. Kind of felt the tension, kind of ease up. Yeah, yeah. You know, Catoctin gave it a run in the fourth quarter. There was some really good defense. Riley Nelson took a charge at the end of the game, which turned the ball over and gave Middletown the ball back with, like, 20-some seconds to play. Just all around, Middletown did a really nice job of getting contributions from everyone in that win. And I don't think you can underestimate, I don't think you can overestimate how big of a win that was for Middletown. Because obviously, from in the CMC Gamble division, it's a big win. 
beating an undefeated Catoctin team mentally makes it a big win. I mean, you touched on Brie Horman shot the ball extremely well. Four of seven from behind the arc, and she was four for six in the second half. Really got hot during the third quarter. Um, again, allowed Middletown to kind of go on that little 19-10 to 10 mini run in the third quarter, which took it from a one-point Catoctin lead at the half to an eight-point Catoctin lead at the end of the third. Um, and again, contributions all around. Kylie Colby, four points, three boards. Um, Kaylee Franklin had three points, those two big free throws um, midway through the fourth quarter. Brianna Lawyer had seven points. So, yeah, just Knights were getting contributions from everyone, and that's, that, I think, was the best part of that one. But, obviously, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more later about what it means in the grand scheme of things. Yes, we will. Now, moving into Saturday the 22nd, Let's get into wrestling. What do you got for us, Ben? Yeah, so wrestling finished off what they needed to do um, in order to win the duels at Westminster on Saturday. Again, not really many close matches. They did play North Point, who is a pretty big 4A school down the road in Annapolis. Had a good one there, 48-27. Beat Liberty handily. Beat Quince Orchard handily. Beat Crofton and Franklin handily. Did what they needed to do. Went 5-0. and Ended up 9-0 on the tournament. That gave win, that gave them the win in the duels at Westminster. So, a great win for them. I believe... Yeah, I, 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 I don't believe I'm correct on this. That is the first team championship so far this season. Because um, indoor track hasn't won... The individuals have won events, but not the team as a whole hasn't won any of their meets. So, congratulations to wrestling, notching the first team championship of the winter sports season here, 2021-2022. And again, yeah, I think when you look at it, the big thing that stands out, and we've talked about this some in previous episodes, we're probably going to wear it out. We're going to keep talking about it. The heavyweights and yeah. back from 180 back to heavyweight, Aiden Walters, Kieran Hofkesang, Chad Hoy, Russell Endicott, have been kind of the stabilizer for this team. Um, during the duels at Westminster, Aiden Waters, Kieran Hofka saying both went 9-0. Chad Hoy went 8-1. Russell Endicott went 7-1. So, Yeah, so really solid day for wrestling. And um, like we said in the past, you know, we're happy for them because their season did get off to a rocky start with mm-hmm. postponements and stuff. Yep. And um, just now, like midway through the season, being able to, you know, pick up a team cha- their first team championship this season must have felt really nice. Oh, yeah, definitely, 100%. Now, on the 22nd, boys and girls indoor track. So, getting into the boys, C.J. Brown had a good day. Um, he was a big finisher. He had uh, a third. He finished third in the 55-meter dash with a time of 6.85, and he got second in the shot put with um, a 46 feet and 5.5 inches throw, which was 14 points combined in both of those events for him. Um, there was other strong finishes as well. Colby White uh, finished third in the pole vault. Baron Rob got third in the 3,200. And Luke Humble got uh, fourth place in the 55-meter 55 meter, 55 hurdles. And um, let's talk about why they finished so low in eighth. Yeah, I mean, I don't think eighth place is necessarily a bad finish. Obviously, they'd like to be a little bit higher. Um, but at the same time, I think you had good performances. You know, C.J. Brown... Again, did really well. If not for, I, I don't know how you say his name, Alex, the kid from Frederick, the shot putter. 
I think it's Adam. Oh, Adam. I'm sorry. Yeah, Adam. He, yeah. Um, I don't know his last name, but his name is Adam. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Adam. The uh, kid. It's like Adam Malaw or Malo. I I tried to pronounce it yesterday and I butchered it horribly. So apologies to Adam. I've, I'm just not going to say it because I'm going to butcher your name. I want to <laughs> do that to you. But um, he is the best shot player in the county. And it's not really close. So CJ was kind of battling for second yesterday, but CJ made the throws he needed to make to get second place. Did a good job there. Ran a really good 55, I thought. Ended up with third place there, 6.85. And yeah, you had strong finishers across the board. Um, Barron, obviously third place. Luke Humble in fourth place. I think the biggest thing for Middletown is... Just could be finding how moving into CMCs and then regionals and then states, how can you maximize those guys? And, and with CJ, you've seen it maximized. He was in the 4 by 2 relay, which came in 7th, picked up 2 points fair. Then he was in the shot put, picked up points fair. Then he was in the 55-meter dash, picked up points fair. And so I think the biggest thing moving forward, um, it's just going to be interesting to see you know, which events guys run in as we head into regionals. I know we've seen Baron Rop. He flirted with him. He was in a mile. I want to say of a warrior invitational. He was in a mile of a warrior invitational and also did a two miles. So is that something he could do where he could run the double between the 1600 and the 3200? Luke Humble was also in the four by two relay. So is it something where, you know, maybe he ends up in another relay or they mix around. So that's something we'll see, but it's, it's not a bad finish. Obviously, you know, on paper, eighth place out of 10, people go, oh, you know, it, it wasn't great or whatever. But it wasn't a bad finish. Obviously, you'd like to get higher. But the buried lead is that six of the teams, six of the seven teams who were above Middletown in the standings were Spires division teams. So next week at CMCs, at least in competition for the Gamble division, you're not going to see them. The only team who finished above them, who was in the Gamble division at counties, was Walkersville. Obviously, you're going to have a Washington County Gambrels and Spires teams in at CMCs, but it's not necessarily a fait accompli that Middletown can't go out and win the CMC, at least for Gambrel Division Championship next weekend. Yeah, um, I agree. And um, as far as boys under track goes yesterday, you know, like the point scores, the people, the, the guys we've seen that have been, you know, scoring points regularly um this season came in and did what they needed to do yeah they exactly. put points up on the board mm-hmm. for the boys um moving into girls um third place finish for them which is pretty good for the county meet it's exactly what we predicted yeah i would like to point out and i would like to point out that it's one of the few times this year i've been awful with predictions really bad so i'm gonna take credit for this one because i picked i said i thought top three was the goal for them it was where they could end up and they ended up top three so uh, no need to thank me, girls, under a track. <laughs> I didn't jinx you this time. <laughs> yeah. Talk about, um, oh, my bad. Um, even though, you know, the Knights had no first place winners for the girls, um, they still, um, brought in a lot of points, including a two second places and four third places. Yeah. I mean, just looking at who placed yesterday and who brought in points for Middletown. And that's something we've talked about for them. It's just. It's a lot of quantity in how many finishers they get and how many places they get. Second place, Ava Allen in the pole vault picked up eight points, 500 meters. Haley Lucido came in second, time 121.62. Um, third place, Ava Allen, 55 hurdles, 9.21. Uh, Sophie Frizzell in the 300 meters had a 44.09 for third place. The 4x200 of Ava Allen, Kaylee Franklin, Haley Otto, and Sophia Frizzell. 
came in third place, 154.29. So, and, and then even going a little bit lower, you had two fourth place finishers, Campbell Caldwell in the 1600, and the 4x4. Four four. So, yeah, they're just picking up points across the board. Doesn't matter the event. You know, even uh, Nancy Kachaku, and I'm sure I'm killing her name. I am so sorry to Nancy. But she picked up points in a shot put. She got sixth place. So across the board, they're picking up points, which is what they need to do to be competitive when it comes to to CMC and regionals. I apologize. I almost said counties. Yeah. um, You know, girls performed well. I mean, they did what we predicted. They did what they needed to do, picked up, you know, a third place finish, which is good for them, because you know, competing against Ligonor and Urbana. Because was it who did we? Do you know the? Do you remember the exact placings? Yeah, so so from the top down, Urbana was first, then Ligonor was second, Middletown was third, and then behind them was Tuscora in fourth. But we had cleared Tuscora by about ten points, maybe yeah, more by the end. And of the going meet. up against schools like Ligonor and Oakdale, you know, they're just bigger schools than us, so they have you know. More people to draw yeah, from, yeah, more kids, and more stuff runners. like that. So it's it's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. So a third place finish for the girls at counties is solid, and yeah. it looks good for them going into regionals and stuff like that. Well, and and, and I'll CMCs, say, no, I'm sorry. And yeah, and it's kind of a it's kind of a double edged sword. Yeah. N- not double edged sword, but I grew up and I attended the Ricky Bobby School of Athletics, which is if you ain't first, you're last. But at the same time, so obviously, you know, at least in things I do when I played, I always wanted to win. I always wanted to compete and be first place. But at the same time, realistically, third place is a great finish for them. So obviously we would have liked oh, yeah. to have a county championship. No doubt. And we would have liked to have an individual county winner because they'd probably be sitting here today talking to us. But at the same time, we had a lot of good finishes. And third place is a great spot for girls in our track team to be in. A great spot. So... Getting into boys basketball, so um, they are now over 500 in the conference again with their win Friday, which is good. Um, they're showing some flashes of putting things together at times. You know, Jonathan Richards had 19 points, which is nice. And Jake came back, and how many did he have? 15. 15, yep. 15. Yep, 15, which is also uh, good to have Jake back. He helps out a lot, and um, we have. The boys play Boonesboro next week, and like we said earlier, they came in the gym, and they played us at home, and they just, you know... Shot the lights out. They shot the lights out of the gym, like Ben said earlier, and um, I feel like we can beat Boonesboro. It's just going to have to be a tough game, and we're going to have to put some stuff together and lock in, and I think we can get it done, but it'll be a a hard-fought game. It's funny. Way back when, way back when, it's probably been like two weeks ago, when Middletown beat Williamsport up at Williamsport. And that put them at 500 in the conference. We said, like, the second time through the conference, there are teams who they can lost to, who they can beat. If they start putting it together, then you're talking about a top three finish in the conference. And things look a lot rosier than I think people would actually assume they are right now. I think the biggest thing is they need to do against Boonesboro exactly what they did against Oakdale. Oakdale is a team who shot the ball really well. And we saw that in the second half. Cameron Dorner went off and reigned in the three-pointers. They did a really nice job, especially in the first half of that game, of using that zone they did to not only cover up the high post and eliminate any ball movement into the center at the top of the lane, but also on top of that, they did a really nice job of getting out to the shooters and covering them and getting a hand up and contesting and making those shooters think twice about letting it fly. 
if Boonesboro will not shoot how they did against us at home up at Boonesboro, because statistically, if they do that, it's like like last game, like it stinks, but credit to them. If you're going to shoot 50% from behind the arc, that's life, you know. You're probably yeah. not, you're probably not going to win that game. And as long as you're contesting, if they're hit, if they're knocking them down, there's nothing you can do. At the same time, they really, I think, threw Oakdale in that game against Oakdale off their game with how aggressive a zone they played. So if they do that against Boonesboro, I'm almost guaranteeing it. Boonesboro will not shoot as good, and that's how Middletown wins that game. If they can prevent Boonesboro from really letting it fly and really killing them with the threes like last game, that's a, that's a game they can win. Same with Smithsburg down the road. There are games that they didn't win the first time for the conference round robin that they can win the second time for the conference round robin, and it puts them in a really good spot to have a top three finish in the conference. Yeah, and I will say, comparing um, the first game against Boonesboro to the next game that we will play, is it a Tuesday game? If I'm correct. What day do we play Boonesboro this coming up? Ooh, week? that's... Oh, yes, Tuesday. I'm sorry, Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. So, on Tuesday night, um, also in the first game, I feel like we didn't really have, you know, like, high-point performances from anybody on the guys' yeah. team. So, on the offensive side, we're also going to need, you know, Maybe a 19-point performance out of somebody, again, like Jonathan Richards or Logan Butts or even Jake. I think that would help. And, and offensively, things have looked a lot better the past yeah. two to three games than they have all year. And Coach Kyman kind of alluded to that in the uh, Frederick News Post article from the game against Catoctin on Friday. Things are starting to come together. You know, he said they had gotten punched in the mouth a couple times, had to readjust. But they're starting to put things together. Getting into girls. So... Obviously, great win for them against Catoctin. Ended their undefeated season. It was a must-win game, so uh, great job to them. Uh, they did, you know, they did exactly what they needed to do. Put themselves right back in the middle of the CMC Gamble Division race. And um, the CMC Gamble standings: Middletown is at five and two. Williamsport is at four and one. Catoctin is six and one. Uh, Williamsport has no conference games till Saturday. Yes. And Middletown and Williamsport, do they have con- both have conference games on Tuesday? Yes, correct. So, I think last week we said Williamsport was five and one, and that was actually incorrect. So we apologize for that. They were three and one because they have a kind of a weird backloaded conference yeah. schedule where they play the majority of their conference games in the second half of the season and in February. So Williamsport has only played five conference games compared to the, to the seven that Middletown and Catoctin have played. But as we said, we talked about what in the last episode, we talked about what Middletown needed to do if they were going to get back in the CMC Gamble Division race, and they did exactly that. They had a really good win against Catoctin, turned Catoctin into an undefeated no more with a loss. Mm-hmm. Now, from a conference standpoint, Catoctin and Williamsport still have to play. If you're a Middletown fan, you're, gonna run, you're going to want to root for Williamsport in that one because a Williamsport loss would bump Catoctin down to two losses. And then Milltown still plays Williamsport once more. You mean a Williamsport win? You said a Williamsport loss. Oh, yeah. I I, I apologize. So a Williamsport win against Catoctin would bump Catoctin down to two losses. And then when Middletown plays Williamsport, a Williamsport loss would put them at two losses. So then everyone at the top of the CMC Gamble division has two losses. And then Williamsport, because they have so many conference games left, there's still a chance they slip on the banana peel somewhere, lose to a Smithsburg or a, Boonsb- a, 
a Smithsburg or a Boonesboro or someone like that. And then that takes them out of the picture as long as if you're Middletown, you can stay on point. And then, then it would go to tiebreakers with Catoctin. And who knows what the tiebreakers are? I, I, only, I don't know if I know what the tiebreakers are, to be honest with you. But Yeah, I and, and then at, sure don't. At the same time, again, just like Williamsport, maybe they slip on a banana peel. Maybe Catoctin slips on a banana peel. I mean, they have five more conference games left against, against Smithsburg, Brunswick, Boonesboro, Williamsport, and Walkersville. So if they lose to Williamsport, there's a, maybe maybe they lose to a Walkersville, or maybe they lose to a Boonesboro, someone like that. So it's not out of a question that Middletown can win the CMC Gamble Division. It's still very much alive right now. Banana peels. <laughs> did, are, are, did, I like I like your <laughs> I like it. I, I I'm sorry. I grew up playing Mario Kart, so that's I I guess that's the worst thing that ever happened to me in my childhood was playing Mario Kart and <laughs> slipping on a banana peel. Slipping on a banana peel. Um, boys indoor track. So, um, they finished eighth at counties, but, um, at CMC's next week, they're the second highest in the gamble division. Yeah. So uh, again, uh, we talked about a little bit earlier, out of the teams that finished uh, out of the 10 county teams at counties, they were the second highest gamble division team. They beat Brunswick, beat Catoctin, and they were just a few points off Walkersville, who was seventh to their eighth. So, I mean, there's a legitimate shot. They win the CMC gamble division on Saturday. There's a legitimate chance they do that. Um. Yeah. Well, like, let's just um. Hold on. Oh yeah, C.J. Brown and Baron Rop. You know, it depends on what events they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we know C.J.'s probably gonna do the fifty-five and do shot put. Baron's a little bit different. We don't know whether he's gonna do the mile or the two mile. He or might even get thrown on a four by eight. Yeah. Who knows. Um, it's looking like he'll probably, if I had to have to guess, I'm I'm guessing he'll probably be in the two mile, mm-hmm. and then um, maybe the four by eight, if they want to throw, um, you know, mm-hmm. a better verse team together for that. But who knows? We'll see. And then um, state qualification times and where guys are in regards to that. Like we, I know Baron earlier for the thirty two hundred. Um, he's beaten that time, and I think the the two mile time is ten twenty five, and he ran a ten eighteen, I think at the Dwight Scott, and Ben's pulling um some stuff up here. Yeah, so for boys, the two way qualifying standard at HCC, which is where they have their regional meet, in the two mile it is ten twenty five twenty two, so he's gotten under that, um. In the 55 meter in regards to CJ, the qualifying time is a 6.79. He is just off of it at 6.85. Um, the shot put, the qualifying throw, I guess, is 42 foot 8 inches. He's already eclipsed that. Now, obviously, that doesn't qualify them automatically. You have to do that at a regional meet. But at least in regards to CJ and Barron, in the events they've run, they're right around those qualifying times yeah. or past them already. So if they can just repeat those performances at the qualifying re- at the regional meet, then those guys will get you in the states. Um, yeah, qualifying time wise, again, there are a couple guys who are right around it. Luke Humble, I don't have his fifty-five hurdle time, but in two way the qualifying at HCC is eight point four, and he if he's not there, he's pretty he's close. close to it. And I know CJ, um, in regards to the 55, I know in prelims he ran a 6.74, mm-hmm. which is, is that faster than the qualifying time? 
a six seven four on a fifty five meter or a fifty five hurdle? Fifty five meter. He ran a six point seven six point seven nine as a qualifying time. So yeah. Yeah. So he beat the qualifying time in prelims, but not in finals. Yeah. So I he's I mean he's right around it as we said in the pole vault. Colby White. The qualifying time is ten oh nine and. Let me pull it up real quickly. What time he went? Qualifying height, not time. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I tell the people listening. I apologize. Me and my words today are having a rivalry. A, yes, a, I would say the same for me. A, a, a good old fashioned rivalry game. Um, yeah. So Colby won eleven point four in the pole vault qualifying t- qualifying height for two A boys at HCC is 10-9, so that would qualify him if he did what he did yesterday at regional meet. So, yeah, there are a lot of guys in that field for them who are pretty close to the times they need to get to qualify or already there. Moving into girls' indoor track, um, you know, third-place finish, like we said earlier, really solid for them. Um, big performances yesterday, like Ava Allen and Haley Lacido, and um, stuff they need to do to keep improving. I want to get into that? Though. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think you've I, I think you're, I I guess we shouldn't say things they need to do to keep improving because yeah. they're already improving. I mean, I guess when I wrote that on the outline, I, I worded that real weird. But yeah, I mean, they're already doing really well. They're already improving a ton. I mean, just looking again, looking at the times yesterday, comparative to the qualifying times, the qualifying time in the fifty-five hurdles for two A girls is nine point seven one. Ava ran a 9.21 yesterday. So if she does that time again at regionals, she qualifies. Um, Sophie Frizzell in the 300 meter, the qualifying time for girls is 43.27. She's at a 44.09, so she's close to it there. Uh, Haley Lucido in the 500 meter and the 800 meter, the qualifying time for girls in the 500 meter is 123.04. She ran a 121.62 yesterday, so that time would put her in. In the 800, the qualifying time is 230.51. She ran a 232.55, so she's about two seconds off it, but well within her reach, considering she trimmed three seconds off her 500 yesterday to PR. Um, Campbell Caldwell in the 16 and the 32. Uh, the qualifying time in 2A for the 16 is 536.57. She's at a 530.29, so she's already hit that time. In the 3200, the qualifying time is 1227.34. She's at a 1235.26, so... She still needs a little work there, but it's getting closer. And on top of that, it's not just the time. It's also where you finish in the region because they take the top three the top three finishers from each region. And let me double-check and confirm it's top three because I think it might be top four. Yeah, top four. I'm top sorry. Four. They take the top four from each event at each region. So there are a lot of, there are a lot of chances across the board for Middletown to qualify girls to go to the state meet. And, I mean, based on their third place finish yesterday, they should win the CMC champ, the CMC Gamble Division Championship next week. They will compete for the overall CMC Championship next week. So, yeah, it's... Girls Indoor Track just keeps doing what the Girls Indoor Track is doing. And they're just... Again, they're one of the better, if not the best, winter sports team at Middletown this season. So, they're just chugging right along. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, things are looking really up for the girls indoor track team and they can, I think they got a shot at some state titles. Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Uh, wrestling, let's get into that analysis. Ben hit, hit us with the wrestling. Yeah. Again, real quickly we said, but 
wrestling up to 9 and 0 was 9 and 0 this weekend yeah. that is the second straight tournament they've had the other one being the tournament at my brain was just it Scorpion. No, that it, was postponed? no. It, it, it wasn't Scorpion duels because that was postponed. It was at Poolsville. I'm yeah, sorry, it's Poolsville. It was yeah, at Poolsville. That's right. And second straight tournament they've had, where they've either lost one or zero events. So they've had two really good tournaments back to back on the weekends now. Um, and yeah, they, they just can again the heavyweights, Aiden Waters, Kieran Hofka, saying Chad Holy Russell on the cot, continue to be the meat of that lineup. But there's talent across the board, you know. Even going into some of the lower weights, guys like Steven Stalemeyer have good have had good wins. So yeah, I, I, Milltown Wrestling continues to perform at a pretty high level as well. Now we're going to be getting into our upcoming alumni schedule until next episode, which we're planning to have out on Wednesday the twenty sixth. Yes. Subject to change as always. <laughs> And this is actually a new segment because we've peppered in a couple alumni updates here and there, but not as consistently as we're going to try to do moving forward, yes. I would say. Um, coming up on tomorrow, the 24th, actually, Monday, January 24, 2022, at 5.30, Megan Shipley um, and Shepard's Women Basketball. She plays for Shepard. They'll have a game versus Mansfield. Is that at home? Yes, that is a home game for them. And then at 7 p.m., Melanie Pick and Bridgewater Women's Basketball will play against Roanoke, which was postponed from January 5th. January 25th, 2020, we, we have nothing. Uh, the 26th, Megan, is it? Jebia. Jebia and American Women's Basketball at Holy Cross. She's a coach, right? Yes, she is a head coach, and so is Mark Miller, who's up and next. And then Mark Miller, uh, he's a coach. And South Carolina Aiken women's basketball will play at Augusta. And then uh, at 5, yeah, sorry, Megan Jebby is at 5, Mark Miller's at 5.30, and then Megan Shipley at 5.30 p.m. And Shepherds women's basketball will play versus East Stroudsburg. And then at 7 p.m., Melanie Pick and Bridgewater women's basketball have a game against Lynchburg. Yeah, and that's the alumni schedule to the next episode next time, or next episode. We'll go back and cover those results, see how everyone did. But uh, now it's time to get into our interview. Hello, everyone. I am co-host Ben Spector here with Luke McLister on Episode 7 of A Midnight Podcast. And we are joined by a very special guest, our second interview since we've started the podcast. She is a indoor track athlete, a guard on the girls' basketball team, and a outdoor track and field athlete during the spring she is Middletown Junior Haley Lucido. Haley, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I, I, I was going to say, that that's always the first, I guess, test for people is, are they excited to be on here? Because if you're excited, we're off to a good start. That's, yeah. That, that's, yeah, yeah. So I guess let's start off with the big thing that you were involved in. The girls basketball win against Catoctin on Friday. A big win for the girls basketball team. How important was it for you guys as a team? Like, was it something you talked about to get that win over Catoctin? Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, from the get-go, the game that we had uh, before this game with Catoctin, you know, they've just always been in the back of our heads. Uh, after that Williamsport game, you know, we really said, Catoctin is going to be an imperative game for us. This is going to be a game that dictates kind of how our CMC run goes and how kind of the rest of the season is going to feel for us. So it was definitely a, a driving point for us to keep Catoctin in our sight. 
so then afterwards in the locker room, it had to be a pretty positive feeling knowing you guys had done what you needed to do to Catoctin to kind of get everything moving forward in regards to the CMC race and oh stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, you know, usually our, our games after we win, they're pretty, you know, upbeat. We're all, you know, screaming in the locker room. But this this had a different type of energy. I mean, every single player who contributed that night which was everyone we were just hooting and hollering and carrying on and having a good time so it was a really positive energy and so yes so you mentioned a little bit in that previous answer how locked in are you guys into making the cmc championship game and winning the cmc gamble division to get a chance to play at hood college for the cmc title oh yeah i mean it's definitely um that's another thing that's always in the back of our heads when it comes to these next couple games it's a really important time for basketball this January into February season um so CMCs are definitely um they're going to be a good indication on how you know playoffs go state runs go um it'd be really great for us to kind of get that locked in for sure and and do you guys feel like you're hitting your stride as a group I I guess starting to develop that stride you said that was kind of the goal of beating Catoctin was to hit that stride so do you feel like as a group you guys are starting to hit that stride yeah I think uh like you said I think Catoctin was really a good indication that wow we're we're where we need to be um you know a couple of games that um, we've missed they've just been you know random games that we felt that we could have won but this is genuinely a, a game that we took as okay we're where we need to be we need to keep building for playoffs and you know CMC should hopefully go our way so Obviously, we mentioned earlier that you're a dual sport athlete, which is something new that the county is doing this year, where you can play two sports in the same season. I guess just take us through your decision to be a dual sport athlete and what your thought process was and how it's been going so far. Yeah, so um, dual sports was definitely a, a shock to me a little bit. Um, I After the, the weird little season we had my sophomore year for basketball, um, I really, you know, was honing in on track. Track is, you know, the the overarching goal for me in the future. So I really thought that, you know, I had to say goodbye to basketball. Um, but when I heard uh, first thing from my coach, she said, hey, dual sports is uh, available for FCPS now. And uh, we really, really want to have you back. You know, I've been with this girls basketball cr- for program for as long as I could remember. And leaving them was, you know, a really tough conversation I had to have. So dual sports is probably one of the better things that happened to my season. And, uh, yeah, it was. It, it's hard. It's hard to juggle. Um, it's, you know, deciding when to go to practices, when to, you know, ease off on practices because they have a game the next day. But honestly, I can't thank the coaches enough for being flexible throughout the season, not even just at the beginning. Um, and so, yeah, it's been as smooth as it could be. Okay, so let's go away from a sports side of things a little bit and into something that anyone who follows you on social media can see you're very passionate about is art take us in a little bit to your background in art and how you started and just what you do art wise now for the people who maybe aren't familiar right um so i i mean i as again as long as i could remember as long as you know my mom saved those stupid little drawings from when i was four and i get to look back on that art has always kind of been a uh, a, a driving thing in my life it's something i go back to i lean on when i'm you know in a place of you know hardship with sports it's really my true relief um I now have kind of honed in on you know realism pieces I'm very much you know I see things as they are I want to create things as I see them um and so yeah art I I will admit I've been a little lackadaisical on the art side these past (laughs) couple months um just again with sports I'm really you know it's school practice homework eat sleep 
So uh, it really, uh, this next, these next couple of months, I think I'm going to be putting out a lot more pieces with taking art classes in school and kind of really forcing me to get back into that. So is it something where you use art as kind of a way to get away from a pressure that comes from sports or is it kind of, it depends on the day thing where sometimes you do it just for enjoyment's sake or is it a mixture of both? Yeah, it's it's definitely a mixture of both. Sometimes art is the thing that is invoking the uh, the stress. Sometimes I, I have a piece that really just puts me in a place that I'm like, all right, I'm going to go run for an hour and come back and decide if I want to continue this. Um, so it's definitely, it's it's a day-to-day thing. Um, I think if I have a, a huge concept in, my, in mind or, you know, I'm doing commissions, it really forces me to kind of focus on it but uh but with sports it's you know some pieces are genuinely you know based around the fact that oh I had a a tough game that day I'm gonna go make a piece about it you know so uh it's definitely they work hand in hand Mm -hmm. for sure and it it, was it a thing where like at a younger age you combine the two maybe like have you ever done art pieces involving sports or I have yeah middle school definitely um taken I took art all three years of middle school so Mm -hmm. I think that uh, some of those projects, they were based around, you know, athletics, mm-hmm. what, what is a really important thing in your life, make a piece about it. So I've done, I've done running ones, I've done track ones, um, I've done uh, basketball, so I, I've definitely practiced those. Um, so when I was younger, I definitely made sports like a, a focal point in what I made. And, and has it kind of, dri- I won't say drift away, but have you moved away from that now or now? you focus on other subjects in your works and stuff like that? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I like, I kind of like to keep the two separate as much as possible. Um, kind of keeps me from going crazy. Um, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, so I think my, the subjects that I choose for the art that I create now is, um, a little more, um, out of my person and more into interpersonal relationships that I have Mm -hmm. or people I view. So I definitely, it's more of a, a broad subject piece than it used to be. Okay, and then so I guess getting back into the sports side of things, you're also a track athlete during the indoor season during the winter and the outdoor season during the spring. Just tell us a little bit like how you got started running and like what what age that was and kind of how you matriculated into certain events and stuff like that. Yeah, so um, I I had been told told by you know all the basketball coaches I've probably ever had. You know, you're a quick kid. We're gonna you know shoot you down the court and we're gonna throw the ball to you and you're gonna make it. So I, I think I, I always knew that I had the potential to, you know, focus on running. Um, and it wasn't till my seventh grade year where I really, you know, decided, okay, track could be something I could genuinely take my time with. Um, so middle school, um, I joined the Frederick Striders um, going into my um, it, 2019 season. Um, and then it just, it just spawned from there. I, you know, kept improving by, you know, tens of seconds in every event that I did. And I really decided to focus on a lot of middle distance events, which is what you guys see me running now. Um, And that's definitely where the basis came from, I think. Uh, Just that middle school, you know, experience and my journey with the 800 meter. And uh, so, yeah, definitely started from there. And and just tell us, I guess, a little bit more about that journey with the 800 meter. I, I know you told us off mic that you had been to nationals. So for the people at home who maybe don't know or probably don't know, just tell us a little bit more about going to nationals in the 800 meter, what that was like and kind of your experience there. Yeah. So uh, that eight, that 2019 800 season, that was definitely a peak in my life. I, uh, I ended up, you know, qualifying for um, regionals in the 800, the 400, 
long jump and 200 hurdles. They have 200 hurdles in middle school. I love that event. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I, at regionals, the first day regionals did not go my way. I didn't qualify um, for uh, nationals in any of the beginning. Um, so the next day, I just had the 800. Um, it was kind of a day where I, you know, had a heart to heart with my my mom, my personal coach, Coach John, and we basically had to be like, the 800. It, this defines where you continue in this season. Um, so come that race, I just left it all out on the track. In that regionals race, um, I ran a PR. It was a, I think it was a 227. It was my best mark that year so far, and uh, that put me in for uh, for nationals. And so come nationals. This was in Greensboro, North Carolina. Yeah, uh, it was a seven-day week, only going for the 800. So I had um, qualifying, got sixth, I think, overall qualifying. And uh, that put me in the finals race where I ended up finishing 12th. Um, not looking back, obviously not the place that, you know, everyone hopes for. But compared to the pack there, I was just happy to be there. It's a fast pack. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess... Do you feel like the runner you were back when you were at Nationals and the runner you are today, has it changed at all? Is it different? Is it kind of the same mentality? I think it's a similar mentality. Um, I, I I think, you know, I, I realized that I can venture in a lot more events than I thought. I mm-hmm. thought, you know, because I went so far in the 800, that's the only thing I'm good at. Um, but, you know, coaches here have really made me realize, like, oh, I can go down to, you know, 200 relays all the way up to the 800 Mm -hmm. so I think that this really helped me kind of expand my regions and kind of grow just from middle distance and so I guess another thing I was kind of curious about uh, looking at your athletic profile is obviously basketball and indoor track and field are two very different sports and two very different things I guess one of the biggest things is like obviously in indoor track it's an individual sport and basketball, it's a team sport. So I guess, how do you compare and contrast, you know, in indoor track, you're competing against yourself, really. Mm-hmm. Whereas in basketball, you're competing against opponents and you're part of a team. And you're still part of a team in indoor track, but it's a lot less of a connection. So how do you compare the two? I guess, mentally, what's your process for dealing with the two? Right. No, I've, I've gotten that, that question before. Um, just, you know, how the mentality for track and basketball differentiates with the people you're around. Um basketball it's definitely it it, it's obviously a driving team force um but also you really have to be a solid fundamental individual player to continue to succeed um having the amazing teammates that I have here genuinely helps and you know I believe I'm a pretty solid um basketball player but I don't I'm not a um I'm not a standout and I recognize that Um, which is where I kind of found my home in track. Mm -hmm. I knew that, you know, a lot of the defensive skills that I picked up from basketball, you know, the lateral quickness, the, you know, a reaction time I could really pursue in track. Um, And so that's where I kind of, you know, ventured off into that. And and so for you, is it almost like a balance, I guess, between the team aspect of basketball and the individual aspect of indoor track? And, like, do they provide – different things for you I guess mentally or like how you view each sport oh very much so yes um so honestly with you know actually being able to be with this indoor team for as long as I have you know my other seasons got cut short uh, COVID injury etc um I really got to view track as more of a, a team sport than I thought it was um you know track is such an individual heavy sport you are competing against yourself you're competing against other runners who are competing against themselves it's a very much 
you are the only person out there. But Middletown really does a good job of everybody's congratulating everyone. Everyone's the, you know, the first person off the line that's coming and grabbing you off the track saying great job. And that really surprised me because I've always gotten that from basketball. And I was expecting such a drastic shift in, oh, how am I going to motivate myself? You know, how am I going to have that accountability that I had with basketball? And, you know, I was really surprised that, you know, both those programs are really good at, you know, incorporating everybody into, you know, the team. Because overall, I mean, you're trying to gain team points with track, just like you are basketball. So did that make the trans? Uh, I, I, yeah, did that make the transition easier for you, going from basketball completely to track events? Extremely. I mean, you know, with basketball, I've been with the same girls since I was, you know, eight, nine years old. Uh, and that was kind of, that's the security with basketball, knowing that, you know, these girls have your back. And with track, you know, I'm not going to lie, going in junior year, this being my first actual, like, solid full year round, hopefully, um, you know, I, I was worried a little bit. I knew the girls, you know, from classes, and, you know, they're great people. And, you know, I never really got to have the, like, personability that I know they've had for most of their season. Um, so I was really surprised, you know, first day they were, you know, encouraging me, we were warming up together and over the next couple of practices, I mean, we were planning runs outside of practice. We were, you know, in group chats, texting, giving rides. And so it was, it was really good to see that it's not too much of a shift from, you know, the personability that basketball brings. Definitely. All right. So I guess one final question as we wrap up here, at least for the winter season, do you have what are your goals basketball wise and then also what are your goals indoor track wise and I guess basketball and indoor track for that matter are there individual goals and are they the same as your team goals are they different right um pretty pretty similar in the thought process that you know I want to go as far as I can um obviously with basketball you know the goal is to go as far as you physically can I have a lot of faith in our team I think that we are very a fundamentally sound team and as long as we keep this you know upward scale that we're clearly on right now I think we have a really good shot um so my goal I guess personally with basketball is to you know get my stats up a bit you know get the assist game going because you know I have full faith in my girls that you know if I get them the ball I'll make it so definitely getting um stats up a little bit there um same thing for indoor pretty much keeping up my PRs each meet um we've got a we got CMC's next so that'll be a good indication on you know I'm not expecting to get that three-second PR again. You know, that was, that was, that was huge. But uh, I'm hoping that, you know, I can keep either the place or the, the time, you know, increasing. So uh, I can keep that. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, going as far as I can with track, you know, states are always a goal. Um, and I, I want to, you know, definitely improve a bit more in the 800 um, with, you know, the times that I'm seeing for the five. So, yeah, just up, up and up. Of course. Well, Haley, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure to have you here and get a chance to interview you today. And hopefully for everyone who's listening, if you didn't know who Haley was, this is a chance to kind of get familiar with not only the athletic side of you, but the art side of you and some of the things you're interested in outside of the court and the tracks. So again, thanks to everyone for joining us. And we'll be back to wrap things up in a minute. Getting into our wrap up here. So records that have changed. Varsity Boys Basketball, 4-8 and eight overall, and a huge 4-3 and three in the CMC Gamble Division. 4-3 and three just looks nice. I like that. Above 500 just looks perfecto. Awesome. Varsity Girls Basketball, 10-4 and four overall, and 5-2 and two in the CMC Gamble. 
a big a big five and two as well. A five and big two, that five they and two, yes. and ten and four. I like that. Ten four. Yes. In my country accent. <laughs> <laughs> Boys in our track. Um, going back from what I said earlier, eighth place isn't bad out of ten teams for them, and uh, the county championship, FCPS County. Boys indoor track championships, um, girls indoor track, solid third place out of ten teams at the FCPS, girls indoor track championships, and then wrestling is nineteen and three overall, five and two in non-tournament play, five and one in the CMC, and then three and one in CMC Gamble, which is just looking nice. Yes, it's it, wrestling's record is also perfecto. Mm-hmm. And then our schedule until next episode. Apologies, I said earlier it'll be out on the 26th, but nope, the 26th is when we will record. The 27th is when it will be out. Tomorrow, Monday the 24th, boys and girls swimming and diving. I'm on that team. We will have a meet at Walkersville against Walkersville at 6 p.m. Well, shameless plug there. Just sneaking. I'm on that team. I, I am on that team. <laughs> um, you know, I would say I'm looking forward to it, but I'm looking forward to it. Moving on. <laughs> Um, Tuesday, January 25th, junior varsity boys basketball and, uh, varsity boys basketball, they play at Boonesboro. JV plays at 530 and varsity plays at seven. Uh, the girls, they play against Boonesboro here at Ron Engel Court. JV girls play at 530, varsity plays at seven. And then Wednesday, the 26th, <coughs> excuse me, um, we got a double dual meet. Here at Ron Engel Court. Did I say that right? Yes. A double dual meet. I love double dual meet. Um, Milltown will wrestle both Oakdale and Boonesboro. Do you want to go like why it's double dual meet? Yeah. So that real quick. The Milltown Wrestling was originally supposed to wrestle just against Oakdale on the 26th. And then wrestle against Boonesboro on Saturday the 29th at Boonesboro. Um, they rescheduled it. So now... Middletown will wrestle Oakdale and Boonesboro on the 26th, but Oakdale and Boonesboro will not wrestle each other, so it's not a true tri-match. It's a double dual meet. So Middletown wrestle Oakdale first, and then shortly thereafter, they're done with Oakdale, they'll wrestle Boonesboro. It'll be a long night. Yeah, it'll be a long night. It'll be an interesting night, and then we get to record right after. Yep, and hopefully next time we come to you, we're 8-0. and We have eight more wins to talk about. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. That would be... That'd be That'll be a great episode if we go in. You know, I'm really hoping for that. We would probably just be screaming into the mic for 40 minutes. Yeah, just yelling. Uh, so be prepared for that <laughs> in case that happens. Thank you all for listening to Episode 7 of the Midnight Podcast. As always, I'm Luke McClister. I almost said I'm Ben Spector. Whoops. <laughs> and I'm here with Ben Spector. Thank you all for listening. Adios.